Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pilgrim Devotion. My name is Michael Howard. I'm the senior pastor of Seaford Baptist Church and the host of this podcast. And Pilgrim Devotion is for people inside and outside of Seaford Baptist Church, anyone living the pilgrim life representing the kingdom of God in the kingdom of man. And we are back after being off for a week, uh, much to the consternation of some of our listeners. We actually have listeners. There was like four or five people legitimately upset about us not having a podcast last week, which is a good thing that you're wanting more. Uh, And today we have our first guest I have with us. We really had to dig deep for this guest. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we had to we had to pull a lot of strings, but we have our worship pastor. What is your official title here? I think it's associate pastor of worship. I I always say worship pastor or something like that. Yeah. So worship pastor Ben Little from here at Seaford Baptist Church. It is a pleasure to be here, sir. Thanks for what an honor to be your first guest. The first guest ever of Pilgrim (laughs) Devotion. So. And uh, yeah, we batted around what to talk about, and what we ultimately landed on is just the Bible, uh, which I know was surprising for a couple of pastors, but in particular, following up on the sermon I preached this past Sunday, calling people to private devotion, mm-hmm. uh, just felt like it would be good for us to talk about reading the Bible. Really, your last two Sundays, because you had Tyndale and then that is the true devotion, so yeah, that so is the true. lead up. Which, uh, there was a good response to the Tyndale sermon. Uh, we want to do more of that, church history. And uh, I know that, I believe Martin Lloyd-Jones said that the that outside of understanding the theology of the Bible itself, that the second most important thing for a Christian is to understand church history. And we want more of that. That's something we want to emphasize. As we're talking about the next five years of this church, we want to emphasize kind of recovering an understanding of church history and where we came from, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But today is not a church history uh, podcast, (laughs) though we may touch on it here and there. We are just talking about how do you get consistent reading your Bible? Like that simple. Mm -hmm. How do you get consistent reading your Bible? Um, I'm going to start by reading the Bible. (laughs) This seems appropriate. Uh I'm going to read, Ben, if you will turn to Psalm 119. We mm-hmm. didn't uh, we didn't do a lot of prep for this, I'll tell you. If there's any point where you're like, these guys sound like they're just talking. Well, that is what's happening. Absolutely. Uh, I really don't want, when I have guests on here, um, you know, for the I want the interviews to be really conversational. I think that's important. Uh, I think that I really don't want them to even be interviews. I want them to be conversations. So that's exactly what we'll try to do. But I'm going to read... Psalm 119, verses 1 through 8, and if you would just read 9 through 16, we'll just, that's the way we'll start. Psalm 119 is much longer than 16 verses, but uh, we'll just start by kind of reveling in what the Bible says about itself. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek with him their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By by guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. 
In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Hmm. There's so much there. Uh, we, it's not the purpose of this podcast is not to walk through these 16 verses, but just as you were reading, uh, I was struck by with with my it was, no, it was verse 14. Hmm. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I mean to count the words of the Lord uh, in His word to be worth more than all the the money that the world could offer you. Hmm. You know, um, so with that being said, how did you get consistent reading your Bible? When did you get consistent reading your Bible? And what do you do now? How has it evolved? Uh, well, let's not talk about the evolution of it yet. Just how did you start? How did you get consistent reading your Bible? How did I get consistent? I had to find a plan. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest thing. It doesn't have to. What didn't end up having to be like one of the read the Bible through in a year or any of those plans that you can find on the internet necessarily. I I just had to come with a plan. Like what am I reading next? Because I think that's where it kind of starts to fall apart. You go through a book or something, a book of the Bible, and well, what do I do next? Do I go from Old Testament to New Testament? Well, then which book do I pick? And is it the constant decision making? can really make it difficult to just keep going on and on. So I had to find ways to, if I'm not using a specific plan, I have to make my own. Um, Right. With that, well, we we won't get to the evolution yet. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about what we're doing now in a second. Uh, Yeah, I... So when you... When was this? I mean, you, you were raised in the church, uh, and I imagine there's a lot of people listening to this that are raised in the church that still struggle to read their Bibles consistently. Mm. So being raised in the church is not a guarantee that you're going to read your Bible consistently, uh, for sure. But uh, as a guy that grew up, I mean, like literally in the church, mm-hmm. um, when was it for you that you were like, I, I got to get serious about this. I've got to stop floundering. I've had many times like that across <laughs> okay, my life. That's Let's good. be completely yeah. honest. Um, and honestly, uh, there were a couple months this year that I had just a dry spell of like a deep desire to mm-hmm. like make sure it's happening. Yeah, and I, it, it's important even in those times to make sure you're pushing through. But it it has been a lifelong thing. Um, I remember though when I first got like very serious about reading scripture and reading it regularly is probably about 2014 mm-hmm. after 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 I had finished seminary I had graduated right. seminary I had moved on and was in my first church and it was that that thing where I didn't have a plan so it was more stagnant it was more uh, segmented in the times that I would and then, uh, part of it simply being because I, I think sometimes with the plans, with the almost devotional literature right. that we have, and that it can be good as like a starting point. Absolutely. Um, I grew up with a lot of that being kind of like the norm, that you're five minutes with Jesus kind of deal. Right. And just jumping from place to place almost 
taking verses to apply to different situations more than seeing the Bible as a whole. Yeah. And so in 2014, I decided, you know, I, I found a plan. It, um, one of my professors in seminary had put one together for his kids even and then his family. Um, and it was just the narrative portions. It was a five-day-a-week narrative portions with Psalms and Proverbs reading. And I was like, you know what? I'm. It's not the Bible in a year. Right. I haven't done that yet. But by the end of that year, I was like, I, I could do the whole Bible in a year. Right. I could do it. I should, It was one of those revelations to me that you have the time. You have the ability. Right. You just got to do it. So the next year was one of those plans, the read the Bible through, and then it's kind of changed from here and there. But yeah, it was, like I said, probably 2014 when I was... I got down serious of this needs to be regular. It needs to be continuous. I think sometimes people have this idea that pastors, you know, we accepted a call to ministry at some point, And then every day after that, it was, you know, we woke up and said, Oh, thou sovereign Lord, you know, speaketh to me from thy word. At 4 a.m. At 4 a.m. Everything, yeah. Uh, that, we, that we haven't struggled with this. You mm. know, you're talking about seminary. I mean, I... I can honestly say that I've had a very up and down, like roller coaster relationship with daily Bible reading up until really the last like couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when I was a teenager, I remember the, when I first became a Christian, I couldn't get enough. And I had a, a New Living Translation, which the New Living Translation is not even, I, I, I wouldn't count that as a. As a um, let me be careful about how I say what I say here. I would not count that as necessarily a translation of the Bible, but mm. a paraphrase of sure. a translation of the, of the English Bible. And uh, if you use a New Living Translation regularly, I would encourage you to get a, a you know English Standard Version, a, a New American Standard, uh, to lay beside it. Um, so even like NIV is going to give you more of a of at least. A, a topical translation from a verse, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the thought of the verse more than the New Living Translation would. But that's what I had. I had the New Living Translation. Sure. I became a Christian. My parents got that for me. They were baby Christians. Uh, they were listening to Joyce Meyer, who's a false teacher. <laughs> so they got saved and started listening to Joyce Meyer on TV, and it took them like uh, seven or eight months to figure out that was not good. Mm-hmm. I was reading the New Living Translation, but despite all of our, you know, insufficiencies as baby Christians, (laughs) I was loving the word. I was reading the book of John, which is one of the reasons I challenged the church. I always challenge people to go back to John when they need to get back to the basics. Hmm. I think that the the, the length of it at 21 chapters is just about right for somebody to just kind of establish that new habit again um, if they read a chapter a day. So I was reading John and just... I, I remember, specifically remember being sad about as I was getting toward the end of it, I didn't want him to die. I was like, that's how like just mm-hmm. raw my love and affections for him was. Even though I knew he had to die for me to be saved, that early on in my faith, I was like, oh, I just don't want him to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't want him to go away. You know, it was like, I'm loving reading about him and reading about him talking mm-hmm. and all of it. I remember being in Myrtle Beach 
the week after I was saved, my family went on vacation in Myrtle Beach. And I was reading my Bible at the poolside at the Reef Hotel in Myrtle Beach next to the Lazy River. I got up to go back to our room and this old man, he was like, son, you know what you have in your hand there? He like stopped me. And I was like, it's a Bible. And he was like, that's, that's the greatest treasure on the earth right there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know, I know. You know, so, but then my, from there, I would just have these periods, I'd I'd get fired up about God in the summer, and I'd go to school, and I would have, like you said, I'd get into the the rigors of daily school life, and I wasn't reading my Bible, and then we'd have something at church that would kind of spark me and fire Mm -hmm. me up. That kind of was the way my Christianity went for a long time. As you get into ministry, you have to read the Bible, right? You're studying it for ministry. But devotionally, mm-hmm. I was still struggling with a lot of up and down. Yeah. A lot of, I call it roller coaster Christianity, where, you know, if you're on Apollo's chariot, it's a Apollo's chariot. If you are listening and you're around here, it's the perfect metaphor because it's nothing but hills. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I mean, I was just going up and down for so long in that devotional life peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. So really, it was. Uh, reading for me Booker T. Washington's autobiography. And he said that, he was like, there's not a day that goes by for however many years I, I, I've read a chapter a day and there's not a day that goes by I don't read a chapter a day of the Bible. And he said, and there's nothing in my life I can point to, uh, even like greater than his mother's influence. Uh, he said, then the Bible is making me the man that I am. And... When he would go and, and uh, you know, a lot of the slaves that he worked with that would be reformed, they couldn't, they, they didn't know how to live life. It was the Bible. He gave mm-hmm. them the Bible, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he used the Bible to help um, them just understand how to just be a person and, and live and take care of yourself and and the way that God has designed you to be and all those sorts of things. So mm-hmm. anyways, a chapter a day fixed me. Like, it's it was so simple. And it's also, it's so, it's so simple that it's like, if I can't do this, do I even know him? Do I even love him? You know, like I kind I kind of felt that where I was like, if I can't do a chapter, what am I, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I discovered the Joel Beakey family worship Bible guide. Mm-hmm. And that was huge for me. Um, because he just gives you, you know, one to two little paragraphs on each chapter of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So I bought it from my family's to worship from it doesn't really work for us in that way for my family but it is the michael uh worship bible guide <laughs> because <laughs> i use it every single day mm-hmm. um and and if if you struggle to read the bible i recommend it to you mm-hmm. so where ha, what does your bible reading look like nowadays um well after you got into the chapter day and we were talking about that around the office um the whole, the Bible in a year. I've tried it for the last two years, yeah, and failed miserably to complete the Bible in a year. But right. um, getting the smaller snatches. So I found a gospel. The Gospel Coalition, prepared by Stephen Whitmer, has a two-year Bible reading plan. Oh, that's so nice. it goes through the entire Bible in two years. It chops the chunk smaller. Um, so what's what is uh give us a give us a couple days here. Sure. So on. if you started uh, you started at the beginning of the year or you can jump in in the middle however you want to do it. Um but you read like two-ish chapters of the Old Testament and then a psalm. 
two-ish chapters of the Old Testament psalm. That's kind of a day. Um, there are catch-up days at the end of each book. Like when you get to the end of Genesis, there are two catch-up days where if you did not read both chapters each day, you have the opportunity to kind of okay, get up a nice. bit. But there's still a psalm with it. And then you just it just goes that way all the way through Psalms and Proverbs. And then once you finish Psalms and Proverbs on the back half, it starts over again with Psalms. So you're always reading a couple chapters and a Psalm and a Proverb. And here in, I guess, next year at this point in this plan, I'll be on uh, the New Testament with a Psalm and a Proverb. That's great. Yeah. I'm enjoying that right now. I um, So that is called the... Two-year Bible reading plan, and that is from the Gospel Coalition, prepared by Stephen Whitmer. Uh, you so can find you, it on their website if you just Google that. Yeah, just Google two-year Bible reading plan, Gospel Coalition, and you will probably land upon this. That looks really nice. Uh, the one one chapter day uh, will take you about three and a half years. So it's not, it's not quick. Um, but I always struggle. So I'm a slow reader, hmm. you know. I felt shame about that for so much of my life, like I because I'm not a dumb person, <laughs> and I didn't know how to reconcile those things. Like as a kid, I'd be like, I know I'm not a fool. Like I know that I actually take in information and absorb it really well. Mm-hmm. I just don't read fast. I'm not a fast reader. Mm-hmm. Like I like to read slow. I reread sentences a lot. Um, I'll go back and be like, what exactly was that? Like I'm a completionist when I read. Hmm. So if you're a gamer and all, and you play video games, you know what that means. Like I have to 100% the game. I yep. have to do all the little rewards and, and all the little get all the trophies. Right, get all the trophies <laughs> and and you know swing from this vine five times and do this over here. And, <laughs> but I'm a I'm a completionist when I read. I do not like sentences going by where I just don't understand what this person said. And so I would read like comics with my friends and they would be done. Like we would all be reading The Death of Superman over at my friend Justin's house and they would all finish. And I'm like, I'm only like 75% of the way through over here. And I, and I would lie flat out and be like, yeah, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> you know, because I just was so ashamed of that. And uh, one of the greatest pieces of advice that I've gotten recently was from our brother in the Lord Lee Hess, uh, mm-hmm. pastor of Carrollton Baptist, one of the pillar, church, uh, pillar churches that we've are going to be joining in association with soon. Um, he said, you got to be yourself. You got to learn who you are and just own it. Well, I'm a slow reader. So three chapters a day of the Bible does not work for me. Hmm. Like that's just, I, I can't do that and absorb it. And I get bogged down in the, the legalism of it. Hmm. And I start feeling like I can't breathe. Sure. And I'm like, I start not looking forward to that time with the Lord. And I get frustrated that all my time with him is spent in Bible reading and I'm not praying. I'm not. Hmm. So that's not everybody. Some people Absolutely. read really fast and mm-hmm. they're, or, or they're not completionists when they read. They're, they're like, I'm going to read it every year for the next seven years. I'm going to need to absorb it all the, this time. And that's just not my attitude. <laughs> Maybe it will be when I'm 50, but sure. it's not at 38. So I think everybody, you got you to gotta figure out, you got to know who you are. Like stop and really think about who you are. How do you read? How do you take in information? How's your prayer life? Do you need time in prayer? Like you got to really think about all those things. You can't. I. I. I don't think you should just wake up and go. All right, that's it. I'm starting a, qu- a new quiet time routine today. Well, what is it? Absolutely. Does it even work for you? Yeah. Before you get into it, and then six days in, you failed again. It's like a diet, and you're all mad at yourself. And it's like, and, and I feel like God is in heaven going. 
And who required this of you? Hmm. Like, you made this up. I didn't make yeah. this up. I just want you to read my word. Yeah. You're the one who downloaded this plan off the internet that's not working for you. <laughs> well, I think that's what uh, what you said about it might be your ability at 50, but it's not at 38. I think we have to realize what stages of life we're in. That's right. Little if kids. Little kids or single or newly married or maybe we're down the road with grown kids. I mean, depending on your what the Lord has put in your life at that time is going to be what you're able to handle. Yep. And as long as you are faithfully in the word, making his law your delight, making his word and re, uh, and rejoicing in it in that time, that's what matters. Yeah. Yeah, and I... I um, so I do want to say this also, is that in 2,000 years of Christianity... You know, the idea of having a daily quiet time is pretty new. Hmm. Because for the better part of these 2,000 years, a lot of our brothers and sisters couldn't read. You know, they weren't literate. Or did not have access. Right, as we learned with Tyndale. You had the Lollards just, Mm -hmm. you know, willing to risk their lives to have a copy of the the Lord's Prayer in English in their pocket. Just, Just that. Just our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name in English in, in their pocket. Not even all of Matthew 6, you know? Yeah. And so the, the idea of having a daily quiet time is pretty new. And I think that we shouldn't think... I want to be careful about how I say this as well. We shouldn't think that if you struggle to have one, to keep one, you're not saved. Sure. <laughs> I, I think that... That is why this past Sunday I preached about the word devotion. Is because at different stages of Christian history, devotion has looked different for, you know, like there was only but so much devotion available to a brother in 1392 who was seeking to honor the Lord in England. Mm-hmm. But it was about taking everything that was available to him and doing it. Well, we have a mm. lot available. Like we. Overwhelming amount. So while on one hand I want to say, like, let's recognize that a lot of Christians throughout history didn't didn't have a daily quiet time. Let's not make an idol out of it where it's like, if you can't do this, Mm -hmm. well, then you're a failure and you're not saved. At the same time, if you are saved, you need to put something together. Yeah. Like, you need to spend... What does devotion look like for you? We we have less excuse now than any Christian ever in history. Mm Mm-hmm. To, to say I'm struggling with devotion to the Lord, or, or I'm not devoted to the Lord even. That devotion speaks to the desire of your heart. Mm. And if you have no desire in your heart to be in the Word, and you simply make the excuses of, well, I don't have to have a quiet time because it's not required of me. It right. has not been required of saints throughout history. It's, right. If you make that excuse, we're missing the mark and missing the point of what making the word of the Lord the desire of our heart means. I also think it's worth saying that it's not necessarily good that the saints in, throughout history didn't have yes. that access either because a lot of what happened is devotion was pushed into the monasteries by the church. Mm-hmm. And so when you go and you read the great thinkers and, and, and the great theologians, a lot of them were coming out of the monasteries. And, um, you know, Luther was the guy saying, priest, no, everybody... Everybody is a, is a priest, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody uh, is devoted to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then what's one of the first things that Luther desires to do? 
get the scriptures into the mm-hmm. common language. Mm-hmm. So it's in your common tongue. Be devoted through by reading the scriptures. Like there's, it just makes sense that it is what you would do. And yet, if you struggle, don't let Satan make you feel like you're not saved. Mm-hmm. If there has been this desire in your heart, like you're saying, all these years to read the Word, and, and really the issue is you haven't found what works for you, but the desire has been there. Like, you know, you've been knocking around in these different things. And or maybe you, you haven't just, made it a priority. There, there is that too. Or I, some, I went through that. In some combination of the both. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a lot of shame because the quiet time, mm-hmm. you know, is... It is the thing that you do if you're a healthy Christian. I think there's a lot of shame where people are... I guess that's really what I'm getting at. There's a lot of shame where people mm-hmm. are like, I don't want to admit that I'm, I'm bad at this. <laughs> I don't sure. want to admit that I'm struggling with this. Or or I don't want to admit that the, that the riverbed has been dry for a really long time. But I don't want to say that out loud because, my, my gosh, if you don't have a quiet time, you're, you're a hair short of being a heretic. You know? like <laughs> So I just... There's got to be this balance of let's take this really seriously, but not let's make it such a sacred cow that people are like, don't even feel like they can be open about the fact that they're struggling. Second class Christians if they're not. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't even know if I'm articulating that super well, um, but I hope that I am. (laughs) So I'm I'm with you. Okay. So now what does, so let's blow up scripture reading a little bit Mm -hmm. to what goes around it. Because I think what we're also seeing in what we read from Psalm 119, blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. I think that's the, that, I mean, verse two and verse three, they're key. Like, if you act like a Christian externally, right, you've learned to behave like one. You've learned the moral code and you have mustered up enough strength in yourself to mold yourself, you know, to to, to act Mm -hmm. like a Christian, which you can do. Like Jesus says, there would be people who say, Lord, Lord. So you can, within, within your own, you know, moral fortitude, whatever you have in your fallenness, you can muster up enough to fake it. Sure. Um... But that's not what Psalm 119, 2 and 3, that's not what the psalmist is saying. Mm-hmm. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies and who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong. It's like like you were saying, the heart is seeking him. I want to I want to meet him in the word. I want to be changed by the word. I want to know him through the word. Mm-hmm. Um, and my legs are, are being obedient, right? And my, my, my heart and mind are reacting in, in obedience to it. So... There is an internal desire, an internal stirring of the affections, a love, mm-hmm. a decision of the will to be obedient, and then that results in fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is important. And I think what that means is you can't just read the Bible every day and check the box. Mm-hmm. That it has to be an act of worship. Mm-hmm. And for me, I feel it went on the days where I just read the Bible and I walk off. Like, that's it. I read a chapter. So, so that's why I want to be real clear about what I'm saying about a chapter a day. If I just read a chapter a day, even if I read Beaky's commentary on it, my, my favorite theologian these days, Joel Beaky, <laughs> and I walk off, I feel disobedient. Like, that's where I'm at now. Good, yeah. May not have been there 
all the time, but I'm at the point now where I'm like, how can I read it, take it in, and not talk to him, hmm. or sing to him, or confess my un- my just absolute wormness, if that's a, <laughs> a a term I could use, to him. Like, how could I just read it and just walk off? Because it's not just a mirror. You know, it, it is a mirror in the sense that it shows me who I am and I want to make change. But it's not just a mirror because all a mirror is in the morning is something that shows me my physical appearance. You know, I make some change and walk off. It's, the mirror doesn't require anything more of me than a, you know, I don't have any hair, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 you know, a quick trim of the eyebrows or whatever. Um, the mirror doesn't require me any more than that. It doesn't ask me to deal with my heart, but the Bible asks me to deal with my heart. And so it's a mirror that looks within. Um, and it's also, once it exposes me, what can I, I, I've got to talk to him about it. Hmm. Um, and it exposes you as not being like him. So not just exposing you, but exposing you as not being holy, not being like him. Hmm. And it exposes him, right? Because he is, he is revealing himself to us in the Word. So worship must surround it. And... If if there's if you're reading the Bible regularly and you're not worshiping, that's the next step for you. If you're not reading the Bible at all, start there. Hmm. If you're not, but if you're if you're just reading and that's pretty much it, just kind of read your Bible and you leave, and you're listening to this. The next step is you need a daily worship service. I mean, that's that's the way I feel about it. Routine. Mm-hmm. So what do you have? Uh, what is your? I see you you brought uh, Doctor Scott Angel's tune my heart in with you. What is is there a a daily Ben routine? Um, I have been revamping my routine because I have found, like I was saying earlier, I've struggled even the last so- several months of this year simply because of stage of life because I was not getting up early mm-hmm. to make it priority. Right. And then with my young kids, I... Didn't do it till either they were down and the day was gone and I I was feeling the weight of how not starting the day with the Lord shaped my day. Yeah, I was shorter. I, I my fuse was shorter. Um, the way I responded to things was vastly different. Um, there's and there was definitely uh, good in doing it in the evening. I was still in the word and communing with the Lord and everything, but, uh, starting the day, there's just something to be said. Um, I brought Dr. Annual's book in here though, because he was the one who wrote that five day a week narrative plan that I did when I first went through the entire Bible, um, in a year. And this tune my heart is, the souped-up version of that is his plan is in here. Um, there's memory verses. There are hymns and songs for family worship. There are notes and summary, kind of like your family worship Bible guide there by mm-hmm. Beaky. Um, but this one's more for. It, there are some areas where you can use it individually, and he has one I think that specifically individually. But this one's for family worship even so. Um, just being able to walk through, so that's that's what I why I brought that in because it that's what really jump started me into a regular daily 
getting through scripture. And then after that and through since then, like I said, I've been backing down to closer to your chapter a day just, right. just so that more of that routine can be there. I, But to answer the question of my routine, I get up. Some days I shower first, some days I don't. And then Wow, we're really getting into the details here. I know, here. <laughs> I know. So, but, um, what kind but of shampoo is, are you using these days? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You almost answered. I right. almost did. I was just getting some really clear Don't answer because like the shampoo you used is probably owned by some like horrible company who probably. supports some horrible thing and you don't even realize it and somebody will become like... Pastor Ben devotion said, <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> Pastor Ben is indirectly supporting, whatever." That's so, hilarious. Anyways, all right. I I get up, I read, and I pray, and that's generally. I, I'm not gonna bust into song when my girls are still in bed right now. Sure. So, but um, we we do that in our family times. Mm-hmm. But I I read, and I meditate. I I think on what I read. And so you're filling your mind. That's I'm what filling you mean my, by yeah, meditation. It's not, the, it's not the meditate, the new age, empty your mind, clear everything right. out, and just let God speak. It's the, no, God has spoken in his word, and I mm-hmm. am chewing on and chewing on and chewing on uh, the things that I've, I've read, and then I pray that. Yeah. I pray a lot of times that scripture back to him. That's good. So. That's good. I, uh, I have different routines. I my my goal and my my long term goal. It's I'm not there, and I I I would love to see it be the long term goal of every believer in our church, hmm. is to have not one, not two, but three daily devotions with the Lord, hmm. uh, a morning, a midday, and an evening, to to say there are times throughout the day. And the midday, I think, would be shorter, right? Sure. And I, I've I've the Book of Common Prayer certainly is set up in this way, so uh, it's not like I'm coming up with something new. Um, but if you look at the Book of Common Prayer, I find it to be the 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 morning and evening are longer and the midday is a bit shorter. But uh, that that would be my long term goal. So sometimes I have some things I'll do in the evening, but I'll just stick to my morning for now. Uh, I don't really do a ton of midday devotions. It's it's rare I, I have the time to do that or the memory to do that. I, mm. I, I don't mind saying that. Evening is a is a hit and miss. It's a evening is if my anxiety flares up, I go to the I go to it. Mm. I'm like I gotta go get with the Lord. Um, if I feel I call it the gloom monster coming upon me, reminding me that I'm gonna die one day and my health is gonna fail me, or reminding me that I have a thousand things to do at work, or or whispering to me that hey hey somebody could be mad at you, somebody in the church could be mad at you, you know, which is such a that's so Satan, you know, mm-hmm. somebody, you know, just ambiguous. Well, of course somebody could be mad at you. There could always be somebody mad at you. Um, when those things come to me, that's when I'm like, I got mm. to get, get the prayer book out. I got to go do more. Uh, Gospel Portions, which just came out from, I don't know who put it out. Was it Reformation Heritage? I, it, it's like Daily Free Grace Press or I, I don't know. Um, just look up Gospel Portions. That's all you need to look up. Uh, they put this out, uh, this brother put it together and I don't even remember his name I'm doing a terrible job Ryan Bush Ryan Bush there we go put out by Free Grace Press yeah I wasn't that far off yeah sold through Reformation Heritage Books so that has so we, we had it all we had all the information it was there they, they give you everyday um, scripture well and, and really 
Bush says in the book, this is really meant to do just like one portion at a time. But what I've done is I've found like a little four-part liturgy to it. It's like, it's got a uh, scripture. It's got a prayer that's usually pretty confessing prayer. Mm-hmm. It's got a, a hymn. And then it's got a reading from, you know, somebody who's dead. Uh, <laughs> it's all, it's all, everything in there is public domain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's got readings from men and women. Like it's got Charles Spurgeon and Susanna Spurgeon readings hmm. in it. Uh, Charles Spurgeon and Susanna Spurgeon prayers in it. So really good. I'll use that at nighttime. Hmm. Sometimes if I have a morning where I don't have as much time, I've been starting to use that. Sure. And on the scripture part, I will just read my Bible reading. Your chapter. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And my Biki. My Biki every day is my med- That's my meditation. Mm-hmm. Reading what he had to say and really just kind of thinking it through. And a lot of times prayer will start to be born out of that, immediate prayers. The most, the tool I use most often is not the daily worship book I put out to the church, which I encourage people <laughs> to use. There's something about using this thing that I made that I struggle with. Mm. It's like I put it together, so I think it's not good. <laughs> so I, when I'm using it, all I can do is look at it and go, oh, I should have done this. Oh, I could have used this prayer here. Is that a typo? <laughs> yeah. So, I, I just, so I, I'd, be, I'd love to know if Dr. Annual's able to actually use Tune My Heart himself. So <laughs> I... um. I can't use that, yeah. So I, I, I don't use that very often. I do use it sometimes. I do encourage others to use it because I think mm-hmm. others have found it to be a good tool. Mm-hmm. But it is Be Thou My Vision by Jonathan Gibson. I mean, mm-hmm. that is going through that liturgy each day. When you get to your scripture reading, I just do you know my my daily scripture reading and do my beaky. And then what I've added in this year is a Puritan. Mm-hmm. Puritan Puritans write in paragraphs. Some of their sentences are paragraphs. But generally, you can take in little chunks of Puritans. And I don't care how long it takes me to finish. Thomas Goodwin's The Heart of Christ is 107 pages. I've been in it for two months. Mm. I don't care how long it takes. I want to read it and be a completionist. So I've added that in. Mm. Um, and that's my and, and so really going through Gibson's liturgy with my with Bible, Beaky, and a Puritan slid in, I would say that is the most regular thing that I do hmm. and I found it to be an awesome thing and then you get to the end and that's when I have free prayer that's when whatever I've soaked up I try to kind of yeah. pour back out but there are days I don't have free prayer in me I'm too sad I'm too depressed I'm too anxious I'm too busy mm-hmm. sadly I need to get going and that is when I turn to the Lord's Prayer or I will turn to um to praying throughout the day, I would say, Lord, I'm going to have to pray to you throughout the rest of the day. And just kind of keep it going, you know, mm-hmm. and, and try to be more intentional about that. But bottom line is you need to come up with a plan for yourself. Yeah. Um, we've thrown a lot of tools at you here. We've said a lot of things. Make them your own. Yes. Do it. You don't have to do the Ben plan, the Michael plan. Do what, do what works for you. Yeah, just come up with a plan. Start to work on a plan. And you don't need to have it finished. No. I think that's the the biggest thing is just reading your Bible every day. Consistency. And, and, and when you get done praying. Can we talk about consistency too for a minute? Because um, a lot of times we get into ruts where we don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Where our heart's not in it. And we do feel unauthentic with checking that box. Right. And I, I we, we talked about that a little earlier. I do want to... I think we should talk a bit about how we are what we love. Mm-hmm. We do the things that we love. And to 
get that rhythm in our lives to get us to love it, sometimes it takes doing it even when we don't feel like it. Absolutely. So we need to make sure that even those days where we feel like we're waking up and we're like, man, God, God I don't have it in me. I don't have it in me. I, I don't have it in me to be confronted with your word or I don't have the time right now or I might not have time today. Just stopping, asking for his strength and making sure that we're in it even just a bit. Even, even if it's a few verses, <laughs> just making sure that we are taking that to make sure that it is cultivating in our hearts the desire. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, a, a very feeble sports metaphor. Hmm. Uh, when I got into English soccer, I didn't know what team I was going to cheer for. And I heard for the first time Anfield sing You'll Never Walk Alone. And I was like, oh, I'm a Liverpool fan. Like, that's it. Hmm. Done. It was like a, I was like, like I got chills and I was just like, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm cheering for this team. But the first game I watched, it's not like I was upset the way I am when I watched like Washington football. You know what I mean? I wasn't engaged. I wasn't feeling any. I was just watching it. I was like, what is this? You know, I'm watching it. I'm not. And then I became consistent in watching the games and my, mm-hmm. my affections became deepened for the team. And I remember about three months into watching them, there was a game every kick of the ball I was like God no what uh, and then I was like oh I care about this yeah <laughs> I love this team now and they are you know one of if I have you only let me watch two sports the rest of my life they were one of two teams I would watch with them and the commanders and, and and so it's not a perfect metaphor because the Lord is much more important and um, I decided to love Liverpool but um, with the Lord once you know him, you need to keep coming to him and learning more of him. It's that's how relationships work. Mm-hmm. If I had gotten married to my wife on June fifth, two thousand and ten, and said, "All right, well, you know, see we're roommates, see and see you when you see you," exactly, and and we don't make an effort to talk about things, and and I don't mm-hmm. talk to her and learn about her and her character and her heart, the relationship is not going to grow. And so the relationship um, with the Lord is, is going to grow when we, when we spend time with Him. Now, here's what's helped me is understanding His heart and my heart. Hmm. His heart is not changing hmm. every day. Mine is. There are days that I wake up without... Exp- so I view my heart like an ocean. That's the way I look at my heart. Um, coming out of reading Matthew Henry's book on meekness... The gauge for meekness for me is is, an, is is water. So I think of my my heart like water. And there are days where I wake up and my heart is like glass. And I cannot wait to get to the Bible. I just am like... Peace. Throw, yeah, mm-hmm. Throwing my children out of the way and my wife out of the way and <laughs> the breakfast cereal out of the way. None of it matters. Just I'm going to get in my garage and be with the Lord. There are other days where... Um, I wake up and my heart is, is is a stormy sea. Like there's white caps, the the waves are crashing into the the, the, the dock. It's it's and there's no explanation. Mm-hmm. I wake up mad. I wake up wanting everything to be cleaned. I wake up upset about how cluttered the house is or about this that and the other. And why? Mm. I went to bed normal. I just woke up angsty. Like my heart is so so fickle. I cannot trust it as a gauge of whether or not I should read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Like I have to come every day knowing whether it's glass or whether it's stormy sea, I have to come to the word. But I will say to the Lord, you know the heart, you know that it's a raging sea today. Mm-hmm. You know that it's just, just white caps and just nobody could survive out here. Like this mm-hmm. is, this is way out. This is like where the crab boats are in Alaska. That's where we're at today. I'm glad that you are still who you are. <laughs> Absolutely. And to mix metaphors. Yeah. And I know it doesn't happen every single day when my heart is that way, but who calms the sea? Oh, absolutely. When I I find that more times than not, when my heart is that way, and I and by the grace of the Lord, I still make it into His Word. Yeah. It at least recedes some. Yeah. If not, calms things. I absolutely I. Many times where I start is, um, is, is, is the raging sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by the end, it's, it's at least, you know, it's at least saleable <laughs> for my Manageable. wife and my children <laughs> and, and my church. So uh, thank, thankful that he is good in that way in his word. So be in the word every day. If you're walking around with, with your heart as a raging sea, um, and you want that to stop, or it's it's, you feel like it's a, a, a sea that's about to collapse in to a sinkhole, <laughs> you know, just collapse in on itself and and disappear even, and and you just feel like you're you're just you're drowning in the sea. Mm-hmm. Well, read your Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, don't wait until everything's okay. It's not gonna you're not gonna get yourself out of that. So. We need to wrap up because I can see we've been going for longer than I usually go, and it's been a good conversation, um, but we do need to wrap up. So thank you for joining us. It is a good time for us to ask, as we've been talking about the heart and, and comparing it to a sea, how is, how is your heart and how is your soul as a, a Christian, as a Christian man or woman? How is your heart doing? How is your soul doing? Like How are you really doing? How are you doing with God? Uh, how do you see His grace at work in your life, where do you see his fingerprints? You can say, oh, yes, yes, he's working here and he's working here and he's working here. And then where are there, there are places where you're like, I want him to work here. And maybe he's trying to, and I'm being stubborn, but I want, I want something to give over here. Well, pray about those things after you read his word. So, uh, yeah, keep, keep, keep at it in the word each day. That is going to help you as a pilgrim that is seeking to represent the kingdom of God in the kingdom of man. We will be back with another episode next week. Until then, keep living that pilgrim life. Ben, you want to say goodbye? Sure. Have a good one, guys. (laughs) All right. See y'all later.